Well, this is different. <laughs> the new we've we've embraced it. We've embraced the new digital age. <laughs> I mean, this is what they want, right? This is what they want. So, guys, listening at home, let us give you some context on our uh, current situation. So, the the normal the normal process is uh, Chris uh, and our tech guy will pop round to mine. We'll set the microphones up, and um, and then we'll invite Nathan in uh, over the phone. Um, but we are so determined to save lives this week that we have decided <laughs> that we're not doing that because the, the, we're not going to spread it. Um, we, we want to flatten the curve and protect the NHS. <laughs> I can't remember the other catchphrases. I need to write them down. Um, and so we, we're, we're all calling in. So there is, there's, yeah, so there's, there's definitely at the minimum of, it's three metres now, isn't it? Did I hear it's, it's being moved up to three metres of space? Like, well, yeah, three three meters, ten foot now because two meters obviously just wasn't cutting it. So now we're having to uh, we're, we're we're getting further and further apart, um, which really probably means that the 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 algorithm that they're using on all the coming smart cameras is having a little bit of trouble with um, two meters. So yeah. they're having to move to three meters so they can more accurately. Single us out. <laughs> what a world. How are we all feeling? Yeah. Odd. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah and odd. <laughs> Those are the two, the two further ends of the spectrum there. But I, Chris is a slightly cynical. It's the one when people ask you, isn't it? When they're like, you're right. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Falling apart inside. But yeah, no, I'm so fine. <laughs> How's things, Nave? Yeah, it's been a very, very interesting couple of weeks. Or, yeah, it's definitely been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, I can't say there's, it doesn't feel like there's been like a nice rest and big break of positivity. Um, you know, and then going into the new year with like a positive outlook kind of been missing this year I find I've, I've found um, so it's almost I almost feel like we've started the new year on the same foot as we did last year um, mm. and it's just a continuation isn't it and I, I imagine yep. there has been less there's been less New Year's resolutions this May than ever if I'm going to get no I'm not doing that I'm going to lose it no I'm not losing weight I'm just staying uh, there's, there's really nothing that can be can be said for it as you said it was a complete there wasn't a the break it was a transition from just one fresh hell into another and it's ramped up so much in in the last two weeks and obviously it's new lockdown for everyone which is just i mean who who didn't see that coming and we 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 predicted that as well like we we didn't just predict it we said almost exactly what they said they would say and they have they've done exactly that um yeah, you can go through back through the talks, and we've constantly spoke about this. Yeah, I've exactly it has. <laughs> I know at least for myself, I've been um, pushing out uh, the, the statuses on WhatsApp of what I feel is coming. Um, less so for people reading them, but more so for myself. So I'll put them out there, and then I'll screenshot them, 
you know, I know what's coming. And I did, I went through my phone the other day because <laughs> I was joking with Nate that my, my phone, my phone's gallery now is not my phone's gallery anymore. It's just a massive dystopian billboard for all the, the pictures and the memes and the graphs and the numbers and the names. And it's, I, I think I haven't had a picture of, of anything relating to my personal life for the last couple of months on my phone, but I was going through and there they were from sort of, you know, October and September and August going through and everyone bar a couple of tiny little, basically non-important parts was like, yeah, that's happened. That's happened. That's happened. That happened two weeks later, but yet it still happened. It's um, it's it's scary in a way to have that to have that particular superpower, and I I wish I was wrong about it. How's everything for you, Chris? Have we lost him? <laughs> when you look in, when you look at the news and that it's uh it's um yeah it's it's ramped up so much. I think there's a lot of chaos at the moment right now, which definitely I'm. I'd, I'd love to touch on, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, 2021's already started off with a bang, and um, a lot of people that were thinking, do you know what, this is, uh, you know, 2021's going to get better, it's going to be better than last year, no, no way, you've got no chance, no chance in hell in um, 2021 being a better year than last year. I, I honestly, but, I don't know where these people... Um found that that I mean no nobody last year was saying that this outside of saying obviously about the vaccines, nobody anywhere was saying that this year was going to go back to normal. It wasn't even it wasn't even pitched um by by any politician or, or, or Boris himself or Witty or Valance or any anybody. It and so many people were kind of thinking, oh well it's all going to go back to normal next year. Um, and obviously, once they get the the, the vaccine, everything is just going to be straight back in there. And it, uh, these people are going to have a really tough year because they they are effectively, you know, six months to a year behind us. Us guys do. I'd like to think fairly early on that this was just going to keep going. Um, it, it, especially up to obviously, especially up to. I mean, when did we start this podcast? A couple of months ago, especially then, and that was obviously the. the the, the idea behind starting the podcast is that we had to do something and we had to push back against it. Um, and many people going into this year will think, oh, I've only got, I mean, what are they saying, April or I think it's February, they're going to say they're going to have a large part of the, end of February, a large part of the country is going to be vaccinated by. Um, and in April, we should have most everyone vaccinated by sort of that April, May time. And when it hits those times and people realise they're still indoors, yeah. It's going to be like that that very late stage grief cycle they're going to have to go through, and we are all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fully established in my mind as difficult as it is. You, you're not having a holiday this year. Um, yeah, meant to get married this year. Um, it's a it's a it's a nine to one chance that that's gonna you know that's actually going to happen. Um, and again, even if they let things happen, it's happening on your terms. It's like. If we do get a holiday, if any of us are lucky to get a holiday, it's a holiday on their terms. You know, it's a swab down the back of the throat and then it's a vaccine and then it's the, the booster and then it's the quarantine when you come back. And I wonder how many people are going to be happy to take a, a holiday under that. But um, one of my, I was talking to my partner and one of her very close friends the other day 
um, about it all, and I went through all the all the stuff that we get through on the podcast. And then apparently she privately said to her, "I think Brad just needs to accept this as a new normal." Wow. And I was just, it's, it's. I mean, as as a, you know, public oath here and now, that's never going to happen. It's never going to be my new normal. It's never going to. It's never going to be our new normal in this conversation. Um, and it it definitely shouldn't be anybody's new normal. The fact that people are so willing, willfully just giving everything away. Yeah. I, I can't get my head around it. I mean, I suppose they, they believe it's going to, you know, as we said, everything's going to go back to how it was. So they're going yeah. just, just a couple of more months, a couple of months, grind through it, and then you're going to get there and you're going to be fine. And then, Can I um, something here? Just quickly. Yeah, of course. You, you said a few things and it just, um, I've got a few articles I wanted to speak about later, but to be honest, I've, I think it's a perfect opportunity. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's an article um, which I'm from Forbes called COVID-19 Vaccine Protocols Reveal That Trials Are Designed to Succeed. And in a part of this article, the writer says, prevention of infection must be a critical endpoint. Any vaccine trial should include regular antigen testing every three days to test contagiousness, to pick up early signs of infection, and PCR testing once a week once a week to confirm infection by SARS-CoV-2. Test the ability of the vaccines to stave off infection. Prevention of infection is not a criterion for success for any of these vaccines. In fact, mm. their endpoints all require confirmed infections and all those they will include in the analysis for success. The only difference being the severity of symptoms between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Measuring differences amongst only those infected by SARS-CoV underscores the implicit conclusion that the vaccines are not expected to prevent infection, only modify symptoms of those infected. We all, in, we, all ex, we all expect an infective vaccine to prevent serious illness if infected. Three of the vaccine protocols, Moderna, Pfizer and AstraZeneca, do not require that their vaccine prevent serious disease only that they prevent moderate symptoms, which may be as mild as a cough or a headache. So, when we start wow. talking about when we start talking about um, the vaccine comes to save us, well, there you go. It just and also, I just want to quickly mention: remember the MIT Technology Review article uh, called "We're Not Going Back to Normal," posted mm-hmm. in March. Yeah. Well, people didn't listen to that, did they? So we're almost a year down the line now. We're 10 months down the line and nothing's changed. And they told us back then, 18 months a minimum. And That's, even then, they it, said, we don't even know if there's vaccines. Even if we have vaccines, I'm reading it right here, it says um, we're still likely to carry on as we are now. Sorry, Unbelievable. That's, I mean, obviously, to, to us, we, we know it. And we knew the vaccines were... Um, pointless and they are pointless that's not one of the, the most frustrating things for me is that we've been people of our mindset have just been absolutely beaten and berated and broken over this yeah. um and you've seen people before that were very staunch in their beliefs and now being forced to and you can tell it's not you, you tell it's not genuine but we're being forced to concede okay well yeah the vaccines will make things better and this that, and the other and it's it's so frustrating when you've got people that you know that's not what they want to say, 
obviously yeah. they have to say it. They have to say it because, um, as as was with um, you know as with Talk Radio recently, have had, had their YouTube channel suspended um, yeah. for for no reason whatsoever. Um, and obviously, this, this, particularly this last couple of weeks, we've had WhatsApps um, effectively ending end-to-end encryption um, with its, uh, its updated terms of service to share with Facebook. Uh, and we've seen Parler taken down. And it was, it was you know, with, with Parler, for, for people who don't know, is a massive, massive social network, very similar to Twitter. Um, and... With with that, with obviously with all the stuff that's happened in America, Donald Trump was his account was deleted on um, Twitter, permanently banned on there. He had an account on Parler, and then immediately the uh, Google uh, took Parler off of the App Store. Apple took Parler off the iOS Store, so Parler put out their own things and said you can download the the separate uh, app here through Google. Google took it off, and then Amazon, who actually runs the, the servers for Parler took it down as well. And so you had it in literally about 48 to 72 hours, all of these massive tech monoliths just moving to remove a, a bastion of free speech. Um, it's, it's fair to say really that, um, I mean, we won't, we won't, we won't get too much into, or we won't get into, should I say American politics because it's, just a, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess at the minute. And, uh, I don't think anyone knows what's going on, mm-hmm. but if it's, if it's demonstrated anything, that there are still obviously those that believe that Trump is absolutely genuine and he was the saver. He was the Messiah now. And really what we're seeing is we're just seeing in real time, um, a tool being utilized to its fullest extent and then discarded when it's, when it's finished with, and we've seen that with so many, I mean, we've, if we're not talking, um, not obviously talking about uh, presidential candidates and presidents, but we're talking about, you know, look at Alex Jones, who was seemingly, it's the same thing, has been used and then completely deplatformed when he's over. Um, and obviously, still has, yeah, still has a voice, but it's just effectively nowhere. But the, the, the whole, my big ramble there was effectively to say, when you get those public admissions, they're so, for some reason, they're so much more shocking than anybody else saying them, even though you know they're true, they're so much more shocking when you can read it like that because you're like, they're, they're saying it on their own pages. They're saying, for all the censorship, they're still saying it. Even yeah. I sent out on our own group, um, Elon Musk, who you would so expect to be very wrapped up in this, and I'm, I'm sure he is, saying that he, t- he, had, he was t- uh, forced to take four tests um, within a very short timeline and two of the tests were positive, and two of them were negative. Um, Wasn't it as well? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the same day. And seeing that, even though I've heard it and seen it so many times, it's just mind-blowing to see it. Um, I don't know if that's a turning of the tide, or maybe they're, maybe they're struggling against the sheer weight of, of the it's evidence. They're have to talk and have a, have a platform, as you say. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say, isn't it? Absolutely, it, it, it is leaking out. It is, it is leaking out. But of course, the more of that stuff that comes down, now we're in lockdown number three, and guess apparently so. lockdown three isn't good enough. Uh, obviously, we're gonna we've got more coming now. It's only the beginning. Um, so where it's stepping up on our side, it's also stepping up on their side as well. So mm-hmm. they're they're definitely not prepared to relinquish any kind of control in this whatsoever. 
no, they can't take a step back. They take a step back, but I think everything will just unfold. Yeah, absolutely. It does require just that constant, incessant vigilance on their part. They could never, never take their foot off the gas on this. Um, which is, uh, I mean, it's encouraging in in some way. It's it's nice to think that it it definitely feels sometimes that we're getting really heavily beaten back, and the you know the odds are stacked against us. But they're clearly they're clearly very scared and nervous of how quick it could go back the other way. Taken a long time, hasn't it? It's taken a long time for them to prepare everything to kill the soil and sow the seed, and you know, as they mm. say, it definitely has. Um, I'm gonna. I, I've spent too much rambling there, so I'm gonna pass it over because I think now if you had um, a lot that you really wanted to get into this week, um, and I think it's given the, the what you've come in with just then was was so good. Um, you're really excited to, to listen to what you've got to say, what you've brought us this week. Okie doke. Um, well, I, um, I'll try not to make it too long-winded, but there's quite a lot of stuff to get through. But I've tried to shorten it up as much as possible. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll just give it a crack. But I just wrote some notes and kind of put a few bits together to try and, I guess, summarise everything we've already spoke about um, and so we know what position we're in going into the new year, I guess. But I guess that's what this was. Uh, I guess it was an, an attempt at trying to do that. So I guess I can just crack on if you want me to. But, um, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're episode seven, so this is just... Episode seven, is it? This is, yeah, I had to check because it's it's so funny. Obviously, we just roll we, mostly week to week. We do, yeah. do apologise for the times we've been off, guys. It's purely because of... Um, um, we're all working full time jobs, um, and and all trying to manage people. it. Yeah, we're normal people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just doing our best to to fight back, and sometimes stuff jumps in the way, um, and we try and limit that as much as absolutely possible. Even with this week, it was a case where it seemed um, things again, my obstacles might present themselves, and it was very much like we're not gonna not deliver the good word again this week. So we've managed to pull it apart. Albeit slightly digitally, but hopefully you still the message is still coming through strong. Um, but yeah, absolutely. No, kick us off. Okay, just let us know if I cut out at all. Like when I'm. Uh, oh, we will do. Okay. Yeah. So, um, taking a look back into the previous year of 2020 and looking at the present in front of us now, we have we have to conclude that one of these two narratives is true. The first narrative we can call for argument's sake mainstream or universally accepted narrative, which is as follows, or followed. Um, the coronavirus took the world by surprise. This coronavirus caused at first local and national infection, result- resulting in local then national lockdowns, disruptions and border closure. Then eventually the epidemic turned into a global pandemic. As a result, the world as a collective has had to respond to it collectively. The agreeing countries have put measures in place, passed legislation and laws to protect its citizenry. And the governments have done everything they can in order to try and fight this pandemic. Measures put in place, lockdowns, curfews, social distancing measures, mask wearing, preventative measures and the eventual rolling out of the vaccines, it's been said, are absolutely necessary to first to enable us to get back to normal which then 
obviously changed to the measures are for your own safety as we are never going back to normal. A complete shutdown of the economy, measures, legislation, laws, and laws put in place to justify to save lives. Most importantly, as a result of the pandemic, heads of state, royalty, philanthropists, scientists, the head of major national, international corporations, banks, governments, non-governmental organizations, think tanks, political representatives, social influencers, and celebrities have got together and decided that COVID is the perfect opportunity that the world has been waiting for to press the great reset button, as Mr. Carl Schwab puts it. The pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. And I just have an article to go over, which I thought summed a lot of things up. Just give me a second. Uh, a second. Did have it up, but I got scared. One second. See, we're live here. Ah, it's funny, isn't it? Because then they're trying to push technology on us. Exactly. It never, it's never the most reliable thing, is it? I've just had all the PDF shut down, so I just get it back up. <laughs> so, this is from an article by the World Economic Forum from the 3rd of June. Uh, so I'm pretty sure they've got lots more updates on this as well. But I just really like this one because I thought it kind of summed everything up, I'm trying to say. How the world can reset itself after COVID-19, according to these experts. The Great Reset is a new initiative for the World Economic Forum and the Prince of Wales to guide decision makers on the path to a more resilient, sustainable world beyond coronavirus. The economic fallout of COVID-19 dominates risk perceptions, but there is a unique opportunity to reshape the overall economy. Greenpeace's internationals, Jennifer Morgan, IMF Chief Economist Gita Gopinath, I think it is, and ITUC Head Sharon Burrow discuss how they perceive a reset. From the sickness and death of loved ones to work shortages and school closures, the pandemic's ramifications have touched every part of society and thrown inequalities into sharp relief. Lockdowns are starting to ease. This was written back in June, so obviously that's changed. Governments and organisations across the globe are turning their attention to the recovery process and the opportunity it provides to rebuild in a different way. Uh, one that makes the world a better for everyone and addresses the other crisis of our time, climate change. Right, hold on. So, we have Mrs Jennifer Morgan on The Great Reset. And, yes, yeah, so she's the Executive Director of Greenpeace International. COVID-19 gives us the chance to step back and rethink the world we would like to live in, says Jennifer Morgan. We set up a new world order after World War II. We're now in a different world than what, than what we were then. We need to ask, what can we be doing differently? The World Economic Forum has a big responsibility in that. To be pushing the reset button, looking, for, looking at how to create a world looking how to create well-being for people and for the earth. Companies have learned from the past and should take the opportunity to create a more cir circular, zero-carbon economy for profit and for the people. Government's funds need to be invested in, in people for long-term jobs. We have an opportunity to shift coal miners who have been working in those types of jobs into other ones over time. When we listen to the science, we understand what's at stake. And we have to clarify what we need to do. We need to address the, 
these crises. We, we know what the problem is. We know that people are being impacted by it. We know what the solutions are. Anyway, I won't ramble on too much because it's really boring. So this is why the next one, Gita Gopinath. And I'm going to skip a load of it. While for, the con- while for other countries, liquidity facility- facilities will be needed to avoid a debt crisis, in the longer term, going low in- lower interest rates will help advanced economies, especially to roll over their debt at very low rates. Once we start to see a recovery in growth, that should, that should help to bring down the debt levels. For other countries, especially the poorer nations, I think that debt restructuring, debt relief, will have to continue to be done. Countries will have to find ways of raising revenues, and get this one, and progressive taxation could be what, one form of it. Solidarity tax may be needed in some countries. It varies across countries, but this will be, issued, be an issue countries will have to deal, deal with because it will be one of the big legacies, legacies of this crisis. Sorry. The way they write is so dry. It's hard to mm. keep up. Um, it's just so, so dry. Anyway. It is, it is, I had a look on their website earlier. Um, mm. just to, and it's, it's not written for normal no, people. It is written for these other technocrats that, that yeah. they read through. It's awful to try and read so, through. Um, and the last one she said, I believe it's very important for countries to recognise there are essential services that need to be provided in terms of healthcare, education, good governance, and social safety that cannot be compromised on. Anyway, so I think you pretty much get the idea of what they're all trying to say there. Mm-hmm. And they're all going on about inequality and everything else, and obviously all of the solutions that um, are needed to get through this crisis and so on and so on and so on, and just I love it. I love the language. The the solidarity tax jumped out oh, at me. It's what just, a what a oh my god! It's, it's we're going to have a toxic masculinity tax and a white privilege tax, aren't we soon? And I think it's all it's all we got to be solidarity of all our uh, all our letters wherever they may be. Um, and in connection with that, there is a speech that everyone should read um, and it's called The Winds of Change, A Case for a New Digital Currency by Christine Lagarde the IMF Managing Director and this but this was in um, November 14th, 2018 but the reason people should listen to it is because um, obviously back then they were talking about bringing in this new digital currency and this new world currency and obviously at that time, we weren't ready to accept it, but now there's all of this talk about accepting uh, a new digital currency and a, um, a new world reserve currency and so on. Anyway, so that's just that little ramble. Um, so, so we now move on to the second narrative. I call this narrative the event that fits the bill, which is as follows. COVID is the excuse and the catalyst for change that those in the positions of power have needed and have wanted for a long time. It fits the bill perfectly and ticks all the boxes. We can speculate on how the virus appeared, but we do not have enough verifiable evidence to be able to pinpoint its origins. What we can see clearly is the results of all of this, all of the consequential events that have taken place across the planet after its initial discovery and spread and the overlap of all of the agendas that have been patiently waiting readily to be rolled out 
when the perfect circumstances arrive. It's told that all of the events which predicted uh, predicted the outbreak exactly of this kind in events in events like event two hundred one were just all coincidence. Sorry, I've just had to ramble these notes together, and I'm trying to read them through uh, and go back. But yeah, in one of the previous talks, we mentioned the reports and minutes of the foundation meetings and the investigation of those meetings by the Reese Committee. In those minutes, they concluded that there was no quicker way of transforming society than war. 50 years of change could be brought, brought about in five years of war. What we are currently experiencing with COVID is much the same. It's the state of war against a new invisible enemy. And this period of change is a transformative event needed to bring society into a new type of system. When you look at the sustainability goals of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and all of the climate change agreements and plans of all the countries attached to the United Nations have signed them to, they all perfectly overlap with each other and overlap with what measures are taking place and changes that are taking place within society on a global level. We have gone from government to governance. All of the talk of democracy not working and the need and necessity for a new type of system to arise through the auspices of equality, fairness, and change, and the promise for a better tomorrow. Talks of communitarianism, regionalism, and sustainable smart grids and cities. In order to get from where we are now to where they want us to be, we have to go through a transition, a major change. This event is the change that they have needed to bring us into this new system. Through this pandemic, they have achieved setting in stone the idea of digital currency or global currency or centralised global currency, uh, wiping out pretty much all small businesses, um, have slowed down and closed most of the world's economies. They've increased government spending to the extent which money borrowed will most likely never be able to be paid back. They've created and plan to create an even larger surveillance grid using the track and trace system and the use of biometrics. They've succeeded in taking away most people's ability to support themselves, making huge numbers of people reliant and dependent on the state, therefore sacrificing the individual's autonomy. Through the media, they have created a homogenous and uniform narrative of fear and control over the population. The internet is going through the largest form of censorship it has ever seen in its history. One of the biggest transfers of private wealth in human history is taking place. The elite and the proponents of this agenda are positioning themselves to monopolize on new economic opportunities which have and will present themselves in these changes. The world's poor are becoming even poorer and have been affected by this pandemic more than the developed nations and the many countries that have, that have um, I'm sorry, the many countries which have seen economic development and progress in previous years have had all of that progress stifled. All in all, nothing has changed. It's all the same agenda. Again, as we said before, but dressed up differently. The difference is, and the danger is, that this time round, the whole world is being uniformly prepared and guided into this new way of living. This new way of living will be a type of fake utopian green communitarianism, where the rights of the individual will be swapped out and subject to the rights of the mass man and the state. We're heading into a new type of collectivism, which society will be run through a new scientific technocratic technocratic governance. The individual has been turned into a warehouse consumer unit whose purpose is to consume, to 
to seek his place in the material world to serve the state and to become a spokesperson of state-mandated propaganda, ideas, opinions, and beliefs. Through the use of fear, through the manipulation and constant and incessant behavioural nudging and guidance of the individuals and masses' behaviour and psychology, we are all being guided and brought to a determined and specific destination. That destination is one which lays within ourselves. It's a state of mind. It's the state of, of accepting subservience and the giving up and surrendering of our own liberty and freedoms for the sake of safety and security. Surrendering himself to a purpose and life dictated to him from up on high. How far will it go? It will go as far as we are willing to allow it. The state is shaping us into a new type of human being. You could say reshaping. Separate from his own unique nature, personality, individuality, and spirituality. Purpose and severing him and separating him from anything that is beyond himself and is connected to the ultimate or unnameable. Replacing him and turning him into a unit which must obey no authority or law but the state and its own laws. The antidote to fear is hope and love. The antidote to mass-mindedness is spirituality and embracing our own individualism. The antidote to atomization and isolation is connection. And that's pretty much it. That was awesome. Sorry, that was a bit long-winded. But, um, no, that was, that was yeah. a really, really good. That was a, a pleasure to listen to. And as you said, it, it, it's, prevent, it's presented the, the reality that there isn't, this, this can't be organic. Um, it, it isn't a natural, whether, whether it is an entirely, um, let's say it's an entirely genuine outbreak of a virus, what has come as a result of it is not complacency. You know, we're no. not seeing that kind of, um, I think a lot of people will look, obviously, just externally, if they just go on the news and they read the headlines, it can appear as though that we're seeing this absolute chaos because of complacency, because governments, cannot get their act together and Boris yeah. cannot get his act together and if Boris just if he just locked us down earlier we wouldn't be in this mess right now if everyone just wore their mask we wouldn't be in this mess right now you know if everyone just followed the rules we wouldn't be in the mess That's right. um, but you only have to look at what they're doing amongst the chaos I mean it's so much when, when, in the first episode when we were talking about 9-11 how we're meant to believe that this was organic when these these two uh, planes just crashed into these towers and that ev- everyone was reeling and no one could could understand what had happened and why it happened and it was all such a mess and yet somehow Larry Silverstein and co managed to put demolition charges throughout the entire World Trade Center 7 which is something that takes months and months of planning and work and again not for the, the, the common rhetoric for this that I've seen anyway seems to be people saying ah but you know, if you talk about vaccines, for example, you'll normally go, well, vaccines take 10, 15, 20 years to come together. And they go, oh, but you you underestimate the the, the human uh, perseverance and resilience and that everyone, every country has come together and all the funding has come together. And that's why we've beaten this. But as, as you mentioned earlier um, from your you, the article you read out, we haven't beaten it. We've just, We've created um, something that that might prevent some symptoms. Which wouldn't it, make it as worse. Known as a cost. Because if it's what, it wouldn't that make it worse anyway? If it just 
prevented certain symptoms because then you'd be you'd basically be an asymptomatic spreader. So mm. that doesn't make sense either, does it? Well, that's all part of the government's new campaign, isn't it? It's the uh, I don't know if you guys saw the new advertising campaign is you need to act like you've got it. So yeah. I've got I've got to act like there's something wrong with me when there isn't. Isn't that Munchausen's? Isn't that why would I why would I why would I spend my life as though I'm an infected, disease-ridden individual that needs to shelter myself and deny every human instinct that's just built into me? I can't understand the logic of that. And but obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> but you know, there were people defending it straight away. You know, there were people saying, "Oh, that's not what they're saying. They're just saying." I mean, I got had a go at earlier uh, over Twitter as someone saying. Um, What's so wrong with me just wearing a mask for half an hour when I'm in a store? Because obviously we've seen today um, the big four, as they're called, at least in the UK, Morrison's, Asda, Tesco and Sainsbury's have made a, a public pledge to stamp down on uh, people who refuse to wear masks. And I mean, I, I don't know many people that are blatantly refusing to wear masks. Most people have exemptions. Um, and it, it, it really ties into something because I mean, I, I, I've brought up so many times to people the numbers. So I'm saying, you know, the, the, unless you're sick, unless you're ill, unless you have comorbidities, this is not a threat to you at all. This isn't a threat to you. And obviously they come back and say, well, you undermine how many people are vulnerable in this country. And okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll yield to that logic. But why is it okay that so many people we have to do these lockdowns and we have to take these precautions because so many people are sick. But when so many people are sick, but it's, it prevents them from wearing a mask, it's not okay anymore. Do you know what I mean? It, it always has to be one or the other. It can never be, it can never be both. And I'm not going to spend my life like I'm sick. I'm not going to spend my life like I'm asymptomatic. I actually think um, they've, they've decided to, even though the CDC backed up on it, They've decided to ramp up um, asymptomatic testing again now. For you know, the reason are the reasons are just beyond me. Um, yes, yeah, I've got the article here. So um, asymptomatic COVID testing to begin across England from this week. The Chronicle, and obviously, what the the, the big thing right now is this: the South African strain, the the, the far more virulent strain, and. Of course, they had to step it up. They they had to have something else that wasn't conventional COVID as a reason to keep this going, because everyone's going to expect it to ease off in June or July, and they need to have a reason why why this year it won't be like last year. Why this is going to be a completely different year to last year, and we're all going to have to fundamentally change the human human existence just to. To avoid getting sick, but I mean, if we do get sick, we've got the vaccine there to, to keep us going, haven't we? Which will give us, that'll stop us from having the sniffles. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's so funny, isn't it, as well, that the, there's so many people that are willing to present an outlier um, to say, well, I know, I've got a friend who's, you know, they're only in their mid-30s and they're uh, a super athlete. It's amazing how many super athletes are popping up with them. Um, and, and they've got it and they've died. So um, don't tell me it's not serious. What does that prove? 
that there's that people that there's outliers in all things. People die from accidents at home. People fall, you know. People slip on wet floors and die. People have a, whatever age you are, you're not immune to death. We. I was speaking to someone the other day, and um, I don't think it was us when he was talking. Um, anyway, regardless, uh, I was speaking to someone the other day, and we were saying how they obviously they're saying all this stuff about the virus and everything else, and saying that we need to save lives and everything, and then they completely discount the fact that they're telling people to lock themselves away, and they're scaring people from exercising. And all of the major corporations and everything are still advertising all the fast food and everything else into our homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People basically sitting indoors eating themselves to death mm-hmm. and can't go out to exercise and can't go to the gym, can't do this, can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there can't be one thing and not another. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, why don't they ban cigarettes completely? It's like, cool. if yeah. you're that worried about public health, ban fast food, ban cigarettes, yep ban all this other stuff and shut up because it's like so heart disease I'm not going to give out the numbers because I can't remember what it is now but it's in the millions every year it's the number one killer isn't it I think worldwide cancer you know you can be on the fence about that a little bit but lung cancer it's caused by smoking like and I don't know how many millions of people die a year of lung cancer but if you're that worried ban cigarettes of you course, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not the, it's not the case that if you chose to ban it, yeah, there'd be an uproar. Of course there will. But obviously we have had protests in, in every, every major city since pretty much the, since June, since when we came out of the first lockdown. So yeah. they're not scared of uproar. And if, if there's one thing that we can testify about what's going on right now is that people will let you take away pretty much anything and they'll still let you get away with it. They'll still accept it, yeah. regardless of what it is. So don't say that you can take away people's people's liberties, people's freedom, people to see their aging grandparents, that you can't get married, but you can't go to a funeral to bury your family, your parents, your children, but you can't take cigarettes away. Yeah, It's such a lazy excuse. It's like you said, nothing, n- nothing about this is consistent at all with how any public body, any governance would handle a pandemic. You would try your absolute best to keep the economy going. That's what you would, that was what you would focus on. You would try your absolute best to stop people panicking, to prevent depression. You know, they're talking about saving the NHS, but they're happy for people to suffer from a massive, massive spike in mental health, I think um, let me have that. I had a note on it actually, specifically on mental health. Um, as well, the suicides have gone out off the roof. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I always say this about my my um, my partner. She works in the uh, has worked and is continuously working back and forth in the the what they call the red zone, the the coronavirus ICU. Uh, at a hospital, and obviously I'm not going to go into what hospital it is for very obvious reasons, but it's the, the town we live in is one of the very worst hit towns in the entire UK. And she's had perhaps two people, two, two people that, that have unfortunately had a respiratory illness 
that may or may not have been coronavirus and have passed away from it. But just this week, this week, she's had two people under 40 that have killed themselves. Uh, one was a guy in his mid-20s and the other one was sort of like early 30s. Um, that have committed suicide. And where, where is the, where's the, the recognition of that? Where's the, you know, I mean, I saw earlier um, there was a 30-year-old woman um, in the newspaper because she died from coronavirus. And it was a massive, great article when you had all the pictures of her, you had the pictures of her growing up, and you had the parents going, oh, you know, she died um, just before Christmas, I believe it was. Um, so the parents are like, you know, we're opening all our presents and we're agonised. And it, and, but two guys have killed themselves, but they're not. Where, where is their time? Where is their testimony? Where is anything to... To remember them by no death is obviously um, is, is is good or bad or lesser or or anything like that. It's all relative. But if we're going to speak about people who are dying long before their time unjustly, let's speak about all of them. Why just the ones that have died from coronavirus? Why not the the ones that are so fed up of being stuck in this this lockdown, incessant, endless misery? That the only way out is to kill themselves. So where where do they get their time? Where do they get their attention? Surely they deserve it as much as anyone else. Um, yeah, the, the figures I went to mention. So, um, uh, mental health a ticking time bomb set to explode as the third lockdown bites expert warned. So obviously this was a couple of weeks ago from where we are now. Um, mental health worsening across the spectrum after 2020. Mind warned. Uh, Calls to the organisation. Um, which deals primarily with young people, uh, the young person's suicide line had an increase of 27% in calls um, after the second lockdown. So you, you think you're having a quarter of people call in, and that's like a 16 to 25-year-old specialty line. And you're in 27% of... When did I... I didn't hear about that months ago. This is the thing. When they want you to hear about coronavirus, you don't have to search for it. It's just there. You know, if someone dies, it's there. If, if there's uh, a development, it's there. You never have to look for anything. But if you want to look at, if you want to hear about these things, you have to go and find them yourself. There's no publication of them. They're not getting on TV. They're not getting on radio. They're just being left by the wayside while we're hearing about, oh, well, there's another, there's another 4,000 cases in the southeast. There's another, another 6,000 cases in Wales. That's all we're hearing about. Cases, and cases, cases. I've got something here that just quickly. Um, obviously, you've mentioned the Sage groups before. Oh, uh, Sage, the I experts know. that pulled from Wikipedia that everyone seems to forget. And we also have the new emerging rest. So obviously, you know, people probably know about this anyway. But so you have the Sage group, the new emerging respiratory virus threat advisory group, Nerve Tag, uh, SPIM. <laughs> fucking hell, I know. Sorry. Um, SPIM Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Modelling and oh. the SPIB Independent Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Behaviour <laughs> Sorry It's um, endless isn't it they're, they're, that is, How are you going to remember that and not being funny when we've got who I don't want to sound insensitive but who cares because no. we've got Sage who is the the, the the authority apparently 
taking over from the World Health Organization. And we can only speak, obviously, for the UK because that's where we're from. So we're not going to be as au fait with the, the politics and the government in, in any areas for, for you guys listening from across the waters. But we've got Sage and we've got Matt Hancock and we've got Boris Johnson um, and a, a handful of other underlings that are kind of the, the little miscreants that will pop in on very certain things. Um, and uh, who are these organisations? It's they're. Re- what, I mean, I know what they're going to do with them. We all know what they're going to do with them. When they need to quote a reference, they're going to say, "Oh, the um, you know, the the bread and butter pudding and also respiratory infectious centre said that COVID cases have increased by forty five percent after you know during the lockdown because people are not wearing masks." So you're you're creating these authorities that you're then going to reference, yep. and bring them in because, yep. I imagine trying to find the the, the public testimony of these organisations is going to serve a lot lot harder than Sage because the spotlight is on Sage to 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 to, to come up with the right thing and actually follow the data. Um, um interject something just on what you're saying so mm. one of the documents from the SPIB I'm not even going to try to remember what that is um, Spib Spib <laughs> <laughs> um, so from the Spib <laughs> anyway, we shouldn't be laughing this is serious um, people are dying but, um, options for increasing adherence to social distancing measures uh, they highlighted nine broad ways of achieving behavioural changes in the public through education, persuasion, incentivization, coercion, enablement, training, restriction, environmental restructuring, and modeling. Um, hold on. And then it's so dry. I'm not even going to try and read through half of it. Um, so, key part of the SPIB's behavioral change strategy that seems to have been adopted was to persuade through fear. The persuasion section of the document states a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. Clearly, the psychologist felt that as a late March, I'm reading for an article here, but um, I'll plug it in later, but the, the public was still not afraid of COVID-19, therefore suggested that the government increase the level of fear. Uh, the perceived level of personal threat needs to be increased among those who are complacent using hard-hitting emotional messaging Appendix B of the document lists 10 options that can be used to increase social distancing in the public. Option two advises use media to increase the sense of personal threat. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And they also have some uh, taglines that literally come from them. Anyone can get it. Anyone can spread it. So these people created these. Don't put your friends and family in danger. Stay home for your family. Don't put their lives in danger. If you go out, you can spread it. People will die. So all you need is someone shouting at them at you. Like you yeah. need, what we need is people on the streets. Mm. And as you walk, as you walk past, they like come out of dustbins. We've spib written across their chest. <laughs> spib enforcement agent. <laughs> Sorry, we shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't. No, seriously. No. But the thing is that the uptake, if, if you go to social media and you pursue this, the uptake of these buzzwords is so prevalent. I mean, every, every, everyone a couple of months ago was, all anyone could say was flatten the curve. That was the word on everyone's lips. And that was the, that was the, 
it didn't need to be backed up. It didn't need to be evidence. It didn't need any kind of uh, empirical data, any kind of study behind it, any authority behind it. People just said, ah, but we're flattening the curve. And that was it. That was apparently the, the, that was the arrow in Achilles' heel that, that ended the argument without any further exchange whatsoever. And obviously, if you had any, any, anything to say as a retort to that, it was, oh, it's another COVID idiot here. But it's not much of a surprise as the real, um, the real COVID idiots are. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't, I keep, I have to keep reminding myself after this mantra that the people that are, that are the most scared and the people that are kind of pushing this forward, it's not inherently their fault that they think the way they do because they are being, as you mentioned there with Bib, I'll try not to laugh. As you've mentioned, they are being, they're being preyed upon and they're being coached into a certain mindset. And they don't realize all the, the secret hands that are working on them. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know, they don't even recognize that the, the, the things that are coming out of their mouth are not their own. They're not their own mm-hmm. fault. They're not how they feel. They're just the catchphrases that are really easy sound bites to reel off that make you feel that you're somehow somehow informed with it all. Even yeah. I mean, even with the, the, the virus, you can with so many people, I had an argument with someone who was saying um, um, uh, that uh, mRNA is safe and it's been tested for years. And I literally, you can pop on even Wikipedia, the, the primary research source for SAGE, you can pop on there and it says that the first human trials of MNRA vaccines were November 2020. And you could find that on a dozen other pages immediately thereafter, right at the top of the Google search. But people are coming to coming to me and being like, they've been around for years, like they're, they're thoroughly tested. And like, where are you getting that from? Like, where are you pulling that from? The <laughs> fact that you, there hasn't been any long-term research on MRI. Or so-and-so said so, or this said so. Yeah, it's like cool. literally a snippet. They just they get a snippet from somewhere, like you said, the headline readers, and I've got something in front of me, which is related to exactly what you're just saying now. Yeah. Um, but basically, that's what people do. They take a snippet, and they they just go along with it, and they yeah. that almost builds up these pictures it's just worth repeating that statistic yeah. that I and, and this is a fact. This was this was a study into it before Nathan goes on. So when we said the headline readers have become our thing, it's it's somewhere between a mouth breather and a, a headline reader is a new thing. But as I mentioned on a couple of episodes ago, so seventy percent of people only read the headline of an article. They don't read any more in the article. And of those seventy percent, sixty percent of those will then share that article across multiple social media sites and with their friends and family still having not read it so when we talk about headline readers and people just literally and the the, the headlines are so creatively made they're, they're they, they know this the, the, the newspaper printers know that people only read the headlines and they present them in a way where people only read the headlines because it's the maximum way to to get that uptake and to spread that message with just minimal effort but yeah, I just wanted to disclaimer that before you jump into it, because again, some people might have missed the episodes. It's important we know that most people, they don't read anymore. No one reads anymore. No. And that's, that's partially why we're in so much trouble, because people don't, they don't want to do research, and they, don't, they feel they don't have to do research. No, it's madness. I, I, there wasn't actually too much more I was going to um, 
talk about, to be honest. But I've just got one thing in front of me, which is interesting on the same article that I was uh, referencing from earlier. And it just has some, it has some examples of, um, I've written down some examples of uh, different headlines that um, use different techniques. So, for example, of social approval, um, that these local heroes have been doing amazing things Social disapproval, Lake District closed because COVID idiots won't stay away. Compulsion, Matt Hancock threatens to close beaches. And if you just take those examples and then you look at the, let's look at the other, so the Spib. Let's go back to that. We love Spib. Gonna have to get a Spib shirt made now. We support Spib. We do. If you're listening, Spib, and you need some kind of a, uh, uh, some kind of agent. We're here. We're going to work for Spib. We'll be the Spibbers on the inside. What a ridiculous! Day. I, I find it so funny how you can put up such, how you can have such a um, really like a malicious and an insidious mm-hmm. yeah. underpinning to your organisation, and you give it a stupid name, Spib. Yeah, Christ, that's, that's not good. You need to work on that, really. I think. But, um, yeah. So. As we were saying a second ago, with the headlines, if you just think about um, you know, persuasion, incentivization, coercion, and so on, um, that's what they're constantly doing. They give, they give us these small little snippets. Like, you go onto your news head, uh, page now. I'm not going to do it because it's a cesspit. But, um, Shall I do it? Shall I, shall I do it oh. while we're on the call? Just to, oh, no, just to go on. I'll just... Um, I'll just I'll just type in, I'll type in Corona. I'll just type in Coronavirus. I don't, no, no pretext. Um, Let's have a look. Uh, Pretty Pretty Patel, so that's of the, I think that's the, what is Pretty Patel again? She always evades my knowledge of who she is. The Home Secretary, that's it. Um, Insists the rules are not tough enough as another 1,243 die in 24 hours. That's, um, what would that be then? That would be, sorry, I guess that would be, hmm, would that be coercion? It might be. Uh, Police are risking their own lives um, and food parcels criticised. I'm not sure about the food parcel thing. Um, daily coronavirus cases on the rise in one Somerset area. UK, UK record second highest daily death toll again, one thousand two hundred forty-three. Again, one thousand two hundred forty-three with forty-five thousand five hundred thirty-three new cases. New cases reported. Yeah, so if you sat there and read all of those, you'd just lock yourself away in your bedroom, wouldn't you? Like that's enough to. There's a little bit of the, 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 you have to have the casual bit of xenophobia thrown in. Not by the Daily Mail, ironically enough. Boris Johnson blasts demented Chinese medicine for causing the coronavirus crisis. I thought it was bats. And then it uh, wasn't the bats, it was the, um, the bio lab. Then yeah. it wasn't the bio lab, it was, where, where did it go from there? They said, didn't they say no, they found it in a, in a sewer in, I can't remember if it was either Italy or Madrid, but they found it right at the start of last year. Um, but now, okay, guys, up-to-date news, it's, it was caused by a, some Chinese Chinese medicine. So we're, we're, the bats are, bats are left behind now. 
It's, it's, oh, you can trace again the when you read that 4,550, uh, sorry, 45,553 new cases, you'd read that and go, oh my god, it's 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 out of control. It's full, you know, 45,000 more cases. That doesn't mean anything at all because we are testing 650,000 people a day. Nearly everyone I know now has seemingly had a test. Apart from us immediate guys pushing back, nearly everyone I know has had a test. Lots of my family members have had tests, often multiple tests. Literally, one of my, uh, my sister-in-law at her workplace, um, someone there was positive. So they said to all the, all the ladies there, so you have to get a test if you want to come back to work. So she went and had a test and went back to work. But then one of the ladies who test positive, uh, sorry, one of the ladies who had to take a test as a result of the initial person taking the test, tested positive. So then they said to everyone, everyone who's come back, she's positive, you have to take another test. So we have about 15 people that have taken, coming up to about three tests. Um, and there's rumours now that they're going to have to take a test every uh, every fortnight just to kind of keep on top of it at this particular workplace. One of the guys at my work um, tested positive yesterday. Um, and he's been probably the, the temp or 15th person at my own workplace that's tested positive and it's when you're testing this many people especially asymptomatic how is it any surprise that you're seeing you know and, and this is a whole the whole country of some 69 70 million people and we've got 45,000 positive tests but we're testing 650,000 people a day and, and that's the government is going out there to test that just includes what they are going out there and what they're testing in hospitals, what they're testing officially. That doesn't include if you get your own coronavirus test and you do your own test and, and pursue that line of um, that line of bacterial or virological inquiry. It, and it, it doesn't, doesn't include that. Because no. people that have tested positive, people I've known personally and everything, um, who have tested positive and they said, I, can't, I, I don't really understand why. Like, I, I feel fine. I feel normal. Again, that's mm. what they're saying about the asymptomatic spreaders and et cetera, et cetera. Have they implied yeah, that you should take a, a test at your work? No. No, I haven't had any impression of that. I, I haven't had any anybody suggest it either, um, which I'm quite, I am, I am relieved by because it, I, I did feel that there was going to be that push. Um, I know I, I don't think they can legally. I mean, so many people when you speak to them that oh, I had to have a test in our workplace made me take a test. I don't think you can make people take it. I think a test falls under the category of medical treatment, which I don't think you're allowed to to push on someone. A lot of the stuff as well, though, I found is like when whenever you see something in the media. It always comes out a couple of days after or you, you just decide to have a look at it yourself and it's actually completely different. So, for example, with um, with the masks when they come in, er, they made it sound as if everyone had, like, if you didn't wear a mask in a supermarket or wherever else, you was just going to, you're basically going to be um, arrested or whatnot. That's how they yeah. made it sound. And then yeah. you actually go and look at it and... Um, look at what they say about it and as you said and as you um, shared earlier like they're not going to enforce it they're not that uh, no if, if you're listening the police have already said they want nothing to do with enforcing the people in supermarkets who are not wearing masks 
And it's got to the point now where so many of the supermarkets are already hiring their own private security because they know the police are not going to enforce it. And I, it was such a refreshing read as well. The the, police, uh, the chief police commissioner said they're not going to be enforcing it. Would you rather them be spending police time going round and using all their manpower to tell people to pull their mask up over their nose as opposed to stopping domestic violence? And yeah. you know what? So, so many of these people would. So many people would actually prefer that um, than, than anything else. And the, it's this double standard where people are pretending that they want it to, they want it to stop. But I've, I've got, a, I mean, I've got a, an inkling, spider sense thing, then that a lot of people are quite happy with how things are. Um, most of the people, at least on social media, who were jumping in and, and basically being like, just wear your mask, just do as you're told. You can pop on their profile and they're, they're older people so they're not that that what you would call that old i'm doing it because i'm desperately scared vulnerable age they're happily retired and they're posting you know i went on a great walk today like you know all this kind of stuff and it's like yeah. you're, you're just you're happy because this doesn't impact you you know if we lock down 10 more times you're retired and you own your house and you own your car and you've got plenty of savings and you've got your pension you're not fussed about this it's also, meanwhile, the rest of us have to keep working for it, or, or most of us are working for it. Yeah. It's also the fact that um, when some people, when they know who and what the enemy is, and, and they can direct all of their own fears and insecurities and everything else onto something, it makes them feel safer. Even though, mm. even though initially it gives them um, a certain amount of fear, they, they almost... Um, hide behind it like a safety net. Mm. Uh, it's the government's almost looking after them and making them feel, you know, uh, just madness. This is the closest I think a lot of them have got to genuine community that we just haven't had in this. Because not really funny that the, they're comparing it to the to the Blitz time in World War Two, and we don't have that community that they have then. We're not backed by a religious underpinning where we all have a higher power that we kind of um, we, we collect and gather under, and and that's what brings hope. The hope now, and it, I mean, it isn't really hope, is it? It's basically the vaccine will save us, but in the meantime, let's band together and um, push back against all these people who refuse to wear their masks or have a have a, a you know keep talking about freedom and liberty like they're losing. And that that's the community spirit now. It is one of it is one of constant attack and and, and vigilance for people that uh, that have any other any other I don't know a, a, a higher calling or think outside the box or anything like that. And, and it's all held on social media too, though. That's that's the that's the strange thing because yeah. we're all we're all becoming atomized and isolated. Mm. Yet collectively, we're more connected online. Mm-hmm. which has obviously been a uh, prerequisite of all of this. But mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's the weird thing, because although we, we all seem to be more connected, we're sharing information, we're going, you know, um, you can connect with people across the planet and, and it, like, in an instant and you can, it's constant. And you mm-hmm. can have that connection with people constantly, but mm-hmm. you're not truly connected and you're not, no. none of, of the people physical, spiritual uh, aspect to that connection with that person. It's just, 
I mean, I'm, I'm acutely aware this week. Like, normally I have that moment where I'll look over at Chris and I'll be like, oh, Chris is, Chris is there. Well, like, there's, there's my guy. And uh, are you alive, Chris? Are you with us? I'm still here, man. He's still here. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It, 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 there is no... Um, there isn't a, 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 an... Ex- you can't replace being... Even if you're with someone, um, I always say this to my partner, like, um, sometimes when we're both in jobs that, that has a lot of speaking all throughout the day, sometimes you come in and you just don't want to speak. That sounds really cruel because you think, oh, they're a different person. But sometimes you get so burnt out, especially if you're in any kind of customer-facing role, you get so burnt out with the um, that that customer, that, that happy, smiley face that you just want to come home and kind of sit and be quiet. Um, and there's so many times when... You know, she's sort of been. She said, "Oh, I might go in the, um, I might go in the the, the bedroom and, and watch a film, or I might do this." And I'm in the living room and something else. And I always want us to stay near each other because there's something. Even when you're around someone, even if you're not necessarily directly communicating with them, there is a comfort and there is a support having them there. Um, and it's it's perhaps you know you get you get um, older people that have been together for a long time, and then they lose their partner. And their routine doesn't change. Do you know what I mean? Their, their, their day-to-day is pretty much just uh, watching TV or reading newspapers or things like that. And they, they carry on doing all those things. But absent just that other person in the, the immediate location, it kind of loses a lot of its, it loses a lot of its meaning. And um, that, I, I guarantee that people could be dealing with this a lot better if they had that outreach and if they could actually get in... Um, I think they've said they're thinking of ending support bubbles right now. Yeah. Which is, what is the logic behind that? What is, generally, I can't understand who thinks that that is a reasonable and rational thing to, to, to suggest that, you know, I can't see my family, I can't see my, I can't see my dad, I can't see anyone because it's not, Who's pulling the? I mean, who's pulling the strings on this? It, 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 it's not. That's the thing. They would want you to maintain your sanity, and they would realise that hell. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do these kind of things, we're gonna have loads more suicides. We're gonna have loads more mental health. We're gonna have loads more drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Like you mentioned earlier with food, that seems to be the thing that everyone's turning to right now. Um, I've met so many people, myself included. So have kind of been like, oh god, that you know the weight stacking on ever since all these lockdowns came about. You know, we we're doing so well in our own fitness goals beforehand, or things like that. And we had all these ambitions, and now all anyone's really about is what's for dinner. But the, what else have you got to look forward to when you can't have a holiday and you can't, you know, you you don't have the, this this social gathering to 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 enjoy? It? I think. Sorry. No, go on. But, no, I was just going to say. Um, I don't know if you. Well, I, I do know personally that I think you, you probably experience the same thing as um, I have and you probably do as well, Chris, but I, I've just felt this continuous pressure. Um, it just feels like this. I wouldn't call it fear. I wouldn't call it... I don't know if I want to call it anxiety. Mm. Um, I just feel like this continuous pressure of when you when you feel like you can't live out 
what purpose and desired existence you you want to lead on a day-to-day basis, whatever that might be, even just the most simplistic things. And you need to worry about walking your dogs too far or mm. going driving to the shop to get something you, you want to buy that might not be necessary or something like that because you fancy it or you, you need it or you want something or or just going around to knock around someone's house, just even to speak to them on the doorsteps, technically illegal. Mm. Like the strain and pressure that puts on your mind because you're not yeah. used to it. And I honestly think that's the whole point. Is to, I, I think, as I said earlier um, in what I wrote, I, I think this whole thing, well, there's many reasons for it, but I mean, the whole propaganda campaign that they're kind of launching onto us, it is a it's psychological warfare and it's, I know that's really extreme, but the thing is, um, even the behavioural insight teams and uh, the uh, 77th Brigade and so on, they've been, they've been called psychological warfare units. So we know it is mm. psychological warfare, um, mm. but it's it's all designed to put us under so much pressure that we can't do anything but break. And then mm. when we break, they can remould us into a new way of thinking and go, it's almost like, it's like beating a dog with a stick and then going, then saying good boy afterwards. You know, it's like this mm. like Pavlov. Um, and that's what they're doing to us. It's like, we're like Pavlov's dogs. And who knows where it's going to end or what. How is, I'm, I'm yeah. quite interested actually, Chris, because um, myself and my partner, Nathan and his partner, neither of us, uh, although we all live, you know, we live in our separate households and together our partners, we don't have kids. Um, how things, been, Chris, with having a you know that larger, larger family in a in a in a place. How's it been with? I, I obviously they're taking the, the, the kids out of school. Um, I mean, how's it been being a dad through this? It's obviously been very very a lot harder than what it, what it, you know what you thought it would be, especially when you've come to a point where you're. You know, you're you're not you're not mentally prepared for, especially the lockdowns. For one, how long the lockdowns were going to last for, um, how long you're going to be around each other for. Um, I mean, it's not the norm for me to to be home so much, and it's, it's obviously been you know full on. I'd probably say um, my son in and out of school. Um, been pretty full on, I have to say, very full on. Um, but I think it's just one of the things where, I mean, me mentally knowing what's going on and understanding what's going on, and that's probably helped me most. I think if I didn't know, I'd probably be crumbling right now. I'd probably be watching the news, watching those those numbers, and um, like going up and up, and uh, and probably getting anxiety over it, which is probably what a lot of people do. And uh, one of the things just to touch on, especially with the numbers in that, that's all we are. We're just numbers. Yep. All, we're, we're nothing but numbers. There's no names um, being said, uh, no individuals. We're just numbers. It's like uh, when, you, when you work for a workplace, you get, a, you get your employee number. As soon as that employee leaves the, the business, they'll, they'll recruit another employee number. Not really a name, but it's just an employee number. And with these numbers, 
it's creating all that fear, that anxiety, that panic. Um, they're really playing on it really, really well. And I think it's understanding these things. If you don't understand them, it's just, it's going to, it's going to eat away you at some point. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been tough, but I think just understanding what it is, is, uh, has really helped, um, to, to get, yeah. And yeah, speaking, speaking is a good thing. You have to speak, you have to talk. If you don't talk, um, you, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays inside and it'll probably eat you apart. So, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? We we don't with at least with our our immediate circle. So there's off the top of my head, I think there's seven of us. So there might be eight of us. I can't remember exactly how many of there are. That 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 we communicate every single day, and we form this this tiny little um, this unit um, where we we have that support. And the thing is, we. I mean, I, I, I can obviously speak for myself, um, but I'm not going to stop seeing these guys. And I, I can't imagine these guys are going to stop seeing me. And it doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter what Boris says on TV next week. It doesn't matter when they say that Boris is going to make a, you know, a, he's going to make a, a, a sudden announcement and all the newspapers are speculating on what it's going to be. And it's all over the place and everyone's scared and anxious and they're talking about it in that slightly, that hushed, whispered voice, it doesn't really affect me. In that, it might affect if I can, you know, uh, what capacity I can fulfill at work or anything like that. But I'm going to, I'm going out whether I'm allowed to or not. You know, I'm, I'm going to, the, the way I see it is we are having underhanded tactics used against us. Um, and we cannot realistically Stay as altruistic as we would like to be throughout this all. We, you know, if, I mean, if, if I'm going to see a friend and uh, uh, someone stops me, a police officer stops me on the street, like hell am I going to say where I'm going? And in a time before, you'd feel some kind of moral conundrum about that where you'd be honest, and I would be honest. But right now, I don't feel like, for example, the policeman who stops me, he's not interested in my health. He's, not he's, he's doing what he's told to do. Same way with the government, and same way to an extent with, with certain people's workplaces. They're, as Chris said, when they see you as a number, it's just making sure that that number adheres to the formula that all other numbers adhere to. It doesn't matter about um, your subjective experience and what you're going through. It's just you have to fit in the same box as everyone else does as you're an outcast. And but the hardest thing is there's so many people that they don't, they, although they, they might have friends, they're not seeing them. They've got parents or they've got things. They're not seeing them. Like the, the parents that have kids are, you know, older parents um, with older children that are grown up but are, are adults, but you still, you still need to see them. You're never not really a parent and you can't live that life. And then there's people that are, that theoretically have it so much worse than me. And so much worse than us, but we're choosing that. The, the notion that you don't have a choice anymore is just nonsense. It, it is nonsense, isn't it? It's, although they're going to tell you, um, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. It's up to you whether you follow that. It's up to your own, your own compass whether you're going to let that happen to you and whether you're just going to not 
the, the, those timing and acts of insubordination are the stuff that keep your head above the waves. Yep. I don't want to start thinking like that, didn't they? Yeah, of course. It's, it's tiny things. I've, I've, I've said amongst you guys, but I'll, I'll say this. I can't remember if I mentioned it in the podcast before, but I'll, I'll, it's worth telling the story again. So even quite early in the pandemic, so I, I, I'm not wearing a mask in stores. Um, the reason for that is my own. Um, and, and, and again, that, there seems to be this thing that, that there, is a, there is a civic and social responsibility now for me to hang any potential disability I have around my neck to tell you why I'm not wearing a mask. That's not the case. That, that's never been the case, and that never will be the case. Now, when we start making ourselves publicly responsible for what everyone else around us thinks, especially in cases as, as benign as this, as, as you know, again, we have had we have had worse flu years than what we've seen with COVID right now. And no one else wore a mask and no one else asked anyone why they weren't wearing a mask and no one got stopped in the street. Um, and we were going to supermarkets and my, my partner would put her mask on. And I'd say to her, why, you don't believe in this, but we don't believe in this. Why are you wearing a mask? And she'd be like, oh, because it makes, it makes you look more legitimate. Um, both quite endearing and sweet and also heartbreaking at the same time that that pressure is so prevalent and, and so just, just just in your face. And I said to her, just, you, you don't believe in this, we don't believe in this. Don't fall to this because it changes who you are. That's yeah. what people don't get. It changes how your head works and, and what you accept and you just just wearing the mask changes pretty much everything about your reality. If you just let, if you allow yourself to cross that boundary. Um, and again, this, this isn't an anti-mask rant because if it was a case where we had Ebola out there or we had some kind of respiratory illness or any kind of other virus or bacteria where people were just dropping dead, you know, where, where it had a, a lethality rate of 20, 30% of people who caught it, I would be masked up and gloved up and goggled up till the nines because the notion that I could generally be quite readily spreading something that could wipe out uh, uh, people is something that I wouldn't be able to live with. So that isn't, although I talk about anti, you know, although I talk about the masking and not wearing it, it's only in the context of where we are right now with coronavirus in that. If you look at the numbers, t- turn off all the TV, turn off the radio, you know, close down your computer and don't look at the articles and just look at the numbers. It is not anywhere near, it's not even on the radar of things that are going wrong right now. As Nathan mentioned earlier, you know, it, 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 we would do better for our society and our and entire human race if we all walked around with water pistols. Anytime we saw someone smoking, we squirted the cigarette out. We would we would generally do better for ourselves by doing that than what we're doing right now. By I don't did you guys see earlier? I don't know if you saw it, um, but check this out if if you haven't anyway. So there was a, a video with a mum um, and a young girl who had to be, if I had to guess, like maybe eight to anywhere between eight and ten, and another lady, and they were in a store, and this lady wearing a mask was screaming at this child. 
like absolutely hammering into her. And this poor young girl had her head hung, looked on the verge of tears. And this woman was like, you know, your child's irresponsible. Like she's killing people. And it was one of the most disgusting public displays I've seen recently. But it, 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 it is the, it, it's creating that divide between us where no one, um, the, the, we, I, I've, I've jested it and other people have. We're the virus now. Do you know what I mean? We the, the the virus out there doesn't exist, but people like me are the virus. I, I that's the thing. I don't have to pretend that I'm sick, with it, because there are people out there who are treating me like I'm sick already. You know, there's there's there's, there's you, but that's that's always been existent. There's colleagues and there's family that we all have in our own circles that are treating us like we are in need of quarantine. We well, have yeah, people. That- just refuse to talk to you anymore. Stop talking to you. Stop associating with you. Stop, you know, just, it's ridiculous. Sorry, carry on. No, it's absolutely right. The amount of, I mean, it's fair enough kind of, you know, when it's, when it's a friend who disassociates himself from you, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's, that's not anywhere you want to be in, in a friendship. Um, and you can obviously wax poetic all day about the fact that, oh, if they're that kind of friend, they're not a friend at all. But it still hits you. But when it's a family member that really wants nothing to do with you because of how your head, how your head, because you read and because you research and because when someone presents you something, you go, okay, you've presented it to me, but I want to research it as well. I want to look as well. I want to learn. I want to educate myself. I don't just want to take you as a, as a, a presented authority and just believe it. Without any, of course, yeah, not being funny. What, as mentioned years ago, we and in this exact episode, we've got you know the tobacco industry presented itself as a as a, a healthy um, and attractive, romantic, and somewhat sexualized um, thing to be a smoker. It encouraged it, um, and 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 literally preyed on that. And there were people back then who were saying that how bad smoking was for you. Uh, and the tobacco industry and its various lobbyists and cretins managed to, to silence that and keep that down. And But obviously years later, we know it because of the sheer weight of the, the people that were willing to read, the people that were willing to research. And we've lost that, that natural inquisitive curiosity that we all had. It's just seemed to disappear into the ether, obviously under the guise of um, of uh, solidarity, as we mentioned earlier, you know, solidarity tax. We're all in it together. It's um, gradual, it's like, it's the the drip method, isn't it? Drip, drip, hmm. drip, drip. Like, over time, you don't really notice it, but, well, you could say, um, yeah, anyway, so, Drip by drip, you don't really notice the change, but it's happening, and you eventually realise you're submerged in water. Yeah, I think Parson Parson means jerk response at being angry at how I don't know what the word is, how wealth a lot of these people are. When I really sit and think about it, it's I, I'm not angry at, at, at regular people I'm not frustrated at regular people because like I said earlier this is being pushed so hard 
the, the the sheer magnitude of this can never be downplayed. This is a this is a. I mean, I know you know when they get the army involved and they have all these individual units and spib oh, yeah. working against you. That this is far far more than just a. Um, these organisations are work. This is a military operation against the people of the world on a global basis. Yeah. And it's it's cooperation that we've never seen anything before in history. Pretty much, to reach a very very specific end. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's to say it is not working. And and again, that they're not they're not proactively pushing it. Like when Nathan mentioned earlier, when they're looking for language and and how to increase fear. That's not that's. Ah, uh, words just leave me. Uh, it's almost like you you can't you can't vocalise it. You can't vocalise how what what sorry state we're in right now. That's called and, being demoralised. Mm. When you're demoralised, that that's the position you you're so broken down. Um, and just to mention, like I think we 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 mentioned it earlier as well, but people are on their absolute last legs uh, they can't support themselves their jobs have been taken away from them um, the government furlough schemes and um, loans and uh, grants and everything else are going to come to an end soon and what alternative is there for those people who can't find jobs and you're going to have a new generation of kids that are coming out of university and college as well looking for jobs um, and people are being take kids are being taken out of school so one parent or parents need to be out of work for a certain time period whilst their children are obviously being educated. And it's all adding up to a, a situation where people are basically going to beg for change and they're going to beg for answers. They're going to beg for, they're just basically going to get on their knees and say, look, just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't care about my, you know, anything else. Just take, just take this um, trouble off my hands and take this pain away. Take this, um, yeah, take yeah. this off my hands, and I'll do anything you ask. That's, that's what I mean. Is is, and a lot of us are not at that point yet. I right. think uh, not enough of us are at that point yet, and that's why it's, um, that's why it's carry on. Um, we've got about. Let me have a quick look at the old. Timer. We've got about uh, about fifteen minutes left. Um, what I'll do, not in any great detail, um, but I think we've got a little bit longer because we started. We got on the phone. was on on the phone for ten minutes before we come on. So I think we've got a little ah, bit longer. awesome, perfect. Well, what I'll do then, I just wanted to run down um, the headlines of the week because, as I said, what we're seeing now is is the people that are in these larger platforms that have the have the voice to keep that voice they have to toe the line to some degree so they they might be able to say certain things but they're not really allowed to to, to to voice their actual opinion their frank opinion and we're in the wonderful uh position to, to do a lot of that and and as i mentioned before sadly and i can't believe it's a coincidence in the last year to two years Seemingly every news publication and website has switched off their comment section 
And obviously yeah. this happens more and more and more and more because they don't want any discussion down there. So you can read an article, and many of these, if you Google, these are the ones that are going to jump up to you, and you've probably read this week. Um, and there's been no conversation on them. There's been no, no exchange on them whatsoever, apart from just the article. So I will just reel them off. And uh, obviously, Kristen, maybe jump in if you want to make a point on any of them. Um, cause, uh, the most, you're, most, you're not going to switch off your comments now? I'm not going to switch off my comments, no. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, so, so yeah. from the Daily Mail, go on, next. No, I was just going to say, you haven't been spibbed yet, have you? I've not been spibbed. <laughs> if, you, if you hear the sound of struggling, I'll try and, I'll try and vocalise the word spib, but generally, if my face is pushed into a any kind of blanket or mattress, that's the, that's the, the vocalisation that comes out anyway. Um, <laughs> Daily Mail, no firm evidence that closing schools reduces the spread of coronavirus, says a leading British scientist. So again, if there's no evidence, why are we doing it? Because the strain has to be on parents, like you said, Nate. It has to be to bring them out of that work. And obviously most, most of the, the, the more well-off people We'll be like, that's fine, we'll get a nanny, we'll get an au pair, we'll get some kind of um, supervision for our kids. But the people who can't afford that are stuck. Um, Coronavirus will never be eliminated and the vaccine is going to be needed every year, the mirror. Great. Um, Good one. Queen and Prince Philip got the vaccine at Windsor Castle. You know what? Do Do you know how I know it's nonsense? Because with how the monarchy is viewed in this country and how the monarchy is viewed by um, all around the world, you know, our monarchy is pretty revered by, by people visiting the country all the time. If they had our queen having the vaccine on TV, that would have been absolutely massive for uptake. It would have been massive for uptake. It would have been like the, the, the PR to, to end all PR. And the fact that they had it just done at Windsor Castle, just, you know, on the sly, no photos, no videos, no press, no nothing. No. It, it's it's like, what a wasted opportunity. Because they, they wouldn't be able to fake that one, would they? No. Like, 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 like there's, um, with a lot of the, the top uh, political heads that are, being, that are faking that they're getting these vaccines and... Uh, and there's a lot of like videos out there, so many where you know they're not even pressing the actual um, needle. The, the it might be a rubber knee puzzle, the needles tucked in, and then it pulls out. Yeah, taking the lid is still on, the shirt sleeve is still <laughs> yeah. rolled down. Um, oh, we've seen. We, I mean, you don't find these because once they're once they're on the website, they're or on the website. Sorry, they're they're swept away so quickly. But we. Uh, our, our extensive search operation that we have going on right now amongst us, we found so many of them. Uh, and like like Chris said, there's needles that are just not needles. There's um, pushing into the skin to the point where the, the whole arm is being pushed backwards. Like you would never need to use a syringe in your life. Like I said, shirt sleeves still down, like a vaccine cap still on. They're so lazy. Like so many of them. And again, these are, Generally, leaders, I think um, the, um, what do they call them, the Premier of Australia was pushing the flu vaccine on TV and had the vaccine. And there was no needle in the syringe at all. It was, a, it was a, essentially the, the syringe without the, um, 
the, the needle tip to it. And it was so obvious that it had none there. Um, that was the 2019 flu vaccine. So if you want to have a look at it, I think that one's still on YouTube, although it is literally just someone who's filming their TV um, of it. So it's, um, but it's, oh, it's, it's so obvious to make out. It's unreal. Um, also, another thing as well is that with um, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip, I'm pretty sure that I've read that article as well, but there was no mention of which vaccine that they took because obviously you've got mm. these fantastic options um, out at the moment right now. Yeah. Apparently, they, they, they keep talking about the vaccine choices, but apparently they don't give you a choice. Um, so there's a, a, a chap who's a former MP called Bill Etheridge um, on Twitter who's obviously kind of pursuing the, the more political... Um, route to, to getting this out there and, and lobbying and things like that does a lot of that kind of stuff um, and his parents went to have the vaccine um, despite his best wishes and he said that you go in, you have the vaccine, you don't know what vaccine you're going to have, so after you've had the vaccine they give you a pamphlet that tells you what vaccine you've had what to look out for and basically the contact numbers for the adverse drug reaction for your specific vaccine so oh, you don't wow. even get you don't even get the choice to say, oh, do you know what? Because lo- lots of people are saying that the um, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine uses the uh, the older um, inactive viral um, style of vaccine. Should we say instead of the mRNA? I can never say this word. I'm just going to say RNA in future instead of the RNA vaccine, um, messenger RNA. I'll say that one. Um, so. You're normally, you know, it's kind of coaxed on what vaccine you're going to get, but you don't have a choice what vaccine you're going to have. You will eventually just have whatever one they have at the time, and that's it. But, you know, the interesting thing is, and this is what concerns me slightly, maybe they're not giving you the option is because, and again, maybe, I'm sure I'll get flagged for this. Uh, I'll put the disclaimer up there that I've, again, had all my vaccines. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti this particular vaccine and the the time it's taken, under the pressure it's taken, and the political pressure. Um, they've got all these different vaccines, but we know that the elderly are getting vaccinated first. We know that the, um, for example, the AstraZeneca vaccine has been hailed as the is to be the primary vaccine for um, third world and developing countries. Um, and we know that also shop workers in the NHS are also getting another vaccine, but that's going to be in about three months. So what we could be seeing really is trials of different vaccines in different populations and demographics, and then what the results would be of that. So maybe that, you know, just occurred to me, maybe it's more of akin to that, then you, you don't get a choice because you're not allowed a choice. You know, you're a certain age or a certain demographic, you are getting the vaccine of which they would put to you. Interesting thought. Anyway, um, lockdown's here to stay, even with vaccine plan. That was on the BBC this week. So, um, Chief Economist of the Organisation of Economic Cooperation and Development, Lawrence Boone, said we probably have another six, nine, or 12 months of lockdowns ahead of us. Yay. Good stuff. Can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine 12 uh, I mean, I... I always thought, I was of the mindset before this, that they were going to give us a little a little taste of vaccine life, so to speak. 
Um, and then they were going to set us up for a really big, really involved one, like a, a six month plus kind of lockdown. Um, and maybe, maybe the one we're in right now is that that big lockdown. Maybe you know, because he, he isn't saying that we're going to have. Um, he isn't saying we're going to have necessary twelve months of in out in out in out. You know, to say we're going to have another twelve months of lockdown, how can we have another twelve months of in what two years, five years? Doesn't specify. It almost feels like he's kind of um, leaving uh, it open, isn't it? It's yeah, always so yeah. vague, and convoluted, and open. Yeah, subjective. This, this bit here, this was a massive thing that I feel um, should have made. He- well, you can't, re- you know, should have made headlines all over the country, all over the world. But of course it didn't, and it's very obvious why. Um, so if anyone's used PubMed, so PubMed um, is one of those locations that when you need a when you need a peer reviewed and a very well backed, very well respected source for your research, PubMed is a great place for that because that's generally where all of the studies are uploaded. It's where they're uploaded first. It's the most abundant, uh, most readily available, oftentimes to actually access or download many of the research papers, you have to subscribe as well. Um, and obviously because of that subscription service as opposed to being free, it's generally considered one of the most well-versed and, and again, respected uh, publications for studies. So they posted a study saying uh, the title, so you can Google it, uh, informed consent, informed consent exposure to vaccine trial subjects of risk of the COVID nineteen vaccine worsening, worsening clinical disease. Butchered that, but that was a mouthful. Um, it is, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. Um, but rewind that a couple of times if you want to catch it. But it's, it's <laughs> worth a read. But let me read it to you anyway. So results of the study. Take a breath. COVID-19 vaccines designed to elicit neutralizing antibodies may sensitize vaccine recipients to more severe disease than if they were not vaccinated. Vaccines for SARS, MERS and RSV have never been approved and the data generated in the development and testing of these vaccines suggests a serious mechanistic concern. So that was the results of the study they did. And the conclusion, the overall conclusion, the specific and significant COVID-19 risk of adverse drug events should have been and should be prominently and independently disclosed to research subjects. That means you at home thinking of getting the vaccine. Uh, currently and in vaccine trials, as well as those being recruited for trials and future patients after vaccines approval in order to meet the medical ethics standard of patient comprehension for informed consent. So I think the most important part of that, obviously the conclusion of the study is uh, the, 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 um, the creators of this study effectively saying that we need to be letting people know who are having these vaccines that there are some serious, serious mechanistic issues with these vaccines and they need to be, be, be presented. And in their research, of course, they're saying that they need to be presented to uh, current and future trial participants and people having the, the vaccine. So it's not, a, a, it's not a great leap to that to say that they're suggesting that people that are currently through these trials 
and patients are not being told this. Because again, why would that be in there if there, already, if there was already a, a big informed disclosure, consent disclosure available, that would have been, that would have said that in the study, that wouldn't have been the conclusion of it. But the most important thing is saying that taking the vaccine may sensitize vaccine recipients to more severe diseases than if they were not vaccinated. So you could actually, if you're, you're taking a vaccine to save you from, as Nathan mentioned earlier, you know, worst case, there might be some, um, not, not to discount that some people have severe cases of COVID or uh, whatever respiratory illness that, that could be passed as COVID. So again, the, the, the general consensus for testing for COVID um, oftentimes is not to do a test. Um, it's literally to say, you, yep, you've got, uh, you're not feeling well, you've, you've reported some loss of um, sense of smell and taste, um, fatigue, you're having some, some issue breathing. This is COVID. So again, a lot of people don't know that, that the, the, uh, the, to, to pass COVID, it isn't a test in a lot of cases. A lot of cases, it's just a doctor can say, yeah, that looks like COVID, that is COVID. So you're trying to present, protect yourself from something, and in doing so, you're opening yourself up to far, far more serious cases then perhaps that cough or perhaps that headache that um, that Nathan mentioned earlier. And that, that really needs to be stressed because, again, they don't specify what do, what diseases you're opening yourself up to. They just say you're more severe diseases. That could be anything. That could be absolutely life-changing, inflammatory conditions that you will never be rid of for your entire life, that your children will never be rid of for their entire life. Even bad diseases, like you said as well. Like we don't actually know because they've completely hidden them. We don't. I don't think anyway, at least that the flu statistics this year have even been counted or studied. No. And we know that in bad years there's been like a, a huge number of deaths or excess mm. deaths due to flu and different uh, influenzas and so on. So well, apparently there's only been three hundred, about three hundred and fifty deaths from uh, flu this year. So well, this, is, like this is two thousand other years and stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time that flu's pretty much ceased to exist. And I tell you, the thing cured. Yeah, it's been cured by COVID. Um, I was on the uh, BBC earlier checking the cases out, and it still says under death. Um, deaths within twenty eight days for any reason with a positive COVID test. It, it just famous every single thing with that. Within, so you can die for any reason and you're still going down as a COVID death. And that's just I ridiculous, that's isn't it? Especially, especially this time of year where more people, more vulnerable and elderly people are dying than any other time of year. And they're saying, oh, well, the deaths are going up and up and up. Oh, really? There's nothing to do with it being winter flu season and the fact that they go up and up and up every year. Absolutely shocking. Um Police chief calls for the power of entry into the homes of suspected lockdown breakers in The Guardian. Uh, I mean, did you guys catch... Um, it's been everywhere. Did you guys catch the um, the police in Scotland, uh, the video of them breaking into that, um, that couple's house? Um, what they'd done, they had just brought their daughter back um, from hospital who had been suffering from epileptic seizures, I believe they were. Um, so she'd been in hospital for the longest time, brought her home. The neighbour didn't recognise the daughter because she'd been in hospital for some time, didn't recognise her and thought the family were basically bringing in someone into the house. 
called the police. The police showed up, knocked on the door and said, look, we want to look through your house uh, because someone's reported you've got people in here. Um, this At the time, so you had the mum, the dad, the, the young son and the, the same daughter who had the seizures. Um, there in that same hallway, the mum said, look, get out of my house. There's no one else here. Get out. And they're like, no, we have a legal right to look around. We're going to look around. Um, they started advancing forward. The dad got in front of the, the, the mum, the wife got in front of her, and the police saw that as an aggressive gesture, um, pushed them both down, and it, it turned out the daughter, who had just come back, had a full-blown seizure um, on the floor. Um, and uh, all, and in the end, there was no one in the house. So the neighbour called the police. The police turned up. They forced entry into the house, um, assaulted both the parents, um, forced the... the daughter fresh out of hospital into having a, a seizure and then they went oh sorry no all right we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go now we, we made a mistake and i don't you know, believe that there's been any kind of apology about that either we're seeing that consistently though aren't we everywhere and that's mm. why i don't know oh it's just mental mm. going um going alongside um uh cases um personal hero and the hero for any really who are kind of pushing events is carl hennigan who's the director for the Centre of Evidence-Based Medicine, um, has released a statement on the, um, the, 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 the testing, but also, as I mentioned earlier, how a case is quantified, which is when we're saying, again, 45,000 cases, it's super, super important to realise how a case is quantified. So you said, um, in the case of our evidence gathering, we have gone through several thousand papers reporting studies on all aspects of COVID-19 spread. We have found that few defined a case of COVID, which is a sign of sloppiness when that is what you're looking for. The few that did reported vastly different definitions and vastly different ways of ascertaining what could be defined as a case, which is, again, it, and I've read them myself. I've read the current definition. So you can either take a test or you can be um, visually diagnosed um, purely by a uh, by a, a healthcare physician, just saying, yeah, that looks like COVID. Put that down as COVID, which is ludicrous. Um, this is a this is a good one. This is a bit of a long one, um, contrary to the other ones, but this is quite important as well. And this will be my last one, just because uh, then it goes into the mental health ones I mentioned earlier. Um, so this is from a news reporting website called Unlimited Hangout. So developers of Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine tied to the UK eugenics movement. Um, the manufacturers of the AstraZeneca vaccine have a private company called Vaxatech, which is listed as uh, a main partner with the Oxford AstraZeneca um, and is funded by investors from Dutch Bank, Google and the UK government. Um, more troubling, is the stated link to a organisation called the Wellcome Trust and uh, the Galton Institute, which um, Nathan brought uh, when I mentioned. Um, uh, I'm not sure he's uh, Francis Galton, who is um, yeah widely considered as the um, the father of eugenics. Um, so the the Galton Institute was a um, a recent semi recent renaming. And before the renaming, they were known as the UK Eugenics Society. Um, yeah. And they have on their website, and they have videos of them as well, uh, speaking publicly about 
improving racial stock by reducing the population of those deemed inferior, which is mad. I mean, let's Wait, just, if you've come, like, if if you've come to these conclusions yourself, is it? But uh, it, it's almost unbelievable to most people, isn't it? Sorry, Jonathan, to yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, and going what we mentioned earlier, and again, so the Galton Institute is um, part of Vaxatech. Vaxatech is the primary private, what would you call them, the, the, the sponsor, the partner of AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. Um, the Galton Institute has previously called for reducing population growth in Latin America, South and Southeast Asia and Africa. Uh, and as mentioned earlier, these are all the locations where AstraZeneca is currently being touted as the primary vaccine. So you've yeah. got, a, you've, you know, just to summarise that big, that big diatribe up, you've got the AstraZeneca, uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which is being funded by a private company called Vaxitech. Vaxitech is linked to the Wellcome Trust and the Galton Institute, both of which have a very vast, history of eugenics and talking about wiping out certain um, individuals, certain races in the goal of reducing the population and then they're putting that same vaccine from these same companies specifically into the countries with the with the, um, the, the third world and the developing countries um, yeah. where we're going to see those ethnicities and those minorities. It's Staggering, and the, you know the funny thing when you go on the Galton Institute's website, they all have you know it's all dressed up, it's all white, it's all pictures of flowers and all the junk that makes you think, oh, you know, calm and peaceful and serenity and clean and sterile and all that nonsense. But they've got a they've got a tab which is you know who we are about us and a tab specifically about eugenics, um, uh, and that tab says. Although we named ourselves after the, the father of eugenics, and although we have a really storied history in eugenics, um, we're not really about eugenics anymore going forward. We've kind of we've changed our thinking on eugenics in the last you know in the last year, um, which is just unbelievable. It's, it's mad. I mean, I, I keep mentioning eugenics. Um, and I, I realise that some people listening might, might obviously that I, I hear that I'll jump on Google, I'll Google it. But I mean, Nathan, you, could you give just a, a, like a quick rundown of kind of what, what, what's meant by eugenics, what it means when we refer to it? Um, eugenics is basically, I would say, it's the philosophy of a certain class of people to justify their position within society, and it's basically the idea that there are inferior and superior types of human beings and uh, for the most part originally the certain members of the eugenic society basically said that a lot of the members of the uh, pan-European and uh, Nordic and white races and so on were the superior types and a lot of the different types in Africa and elsewhere in the third world and, and so on were undeveloped and basically inferior types of human beings, and you can go from there. It's just it's such a vast mm. subject, but basically it sounds it sounds very very much for yeah. for most people listening mm-hmm. um, who who wouldn't require um, any extra research to understand this example. It sounds very very much like a 
quite a notable figure in history who had an idea that they could create a perfect race while a, a different race were inferior and in need of extermination. Well, just to interject quickly, because I know we've got to finish up soon, so um, Hitler and the Nazi party were always held up as the, you know, the the kind of faces of eugenics and they used eugenics to create a super race and all this nonsense. Um, obviously, they did use it partly, but the eugenics movement, as we said before, originated in the US and the UK and developed from there, but it also stems from an older philosophy. But um, you have to remember as well, Julian Huxley, um, who was one of the head of the Eugenic Society at one point, created UNESCO. And if you if you look into UNESCO and go from there uh, and read Julian Huxley's works, you'll see their philosophies written out, like everything we're talking about and everything we have spoken about is all written out um, within his writings. And yeah, you can keep going on from there, really. But I was going to say as well, obviously, Aldous Huxley is connected to him. And he wrote Brave New World. And it's all one clique, isn't it? But perhaps we should speak about it another time so we can spend more time mm. on it. But it just yeah, shows you it's yeah. well and it's just dressed up just like Agenda 21 is dressed up. Um, it was, you know, they, they show you images of polar bears and say, we all need to get together and hold hands and rainbows and fluffy animals and stuff. But really, it's uh, a lot more sinister than that. That's the thing, is that when we, I mean, when we first started the podcast, we could we could go in with specific subjects um, because although everything was was prevalent and quite in your face, it was also somewhat manageable in that talks of the vaccine were on the horizon, uh, things was and and stuff is rushing through so quickly that obviously in our, in our aspiration to to cover everything and to include everything and to get lots of information in there. We're having to somewhat deviate from a, uh, you know, the this is this episode is about this, this episode is about this, this episode is about this. Hopefully, we can get a few more episodes going, um, as, as Nathan just said, specifically on eugenics um, and specifically on certain other facets that we'd like to talk about. Um, but right now, where they're pushing so hard against us, we're kind of having to push so hard back, and it's a, it's a fight to get the information out really um and, and and for the for the time being um that seems to be the priority just to make sure that we're pushing back in the relevant time frame because we could have a whole bunch of notes for this week and then next week they're mostly irrelevant because that's how quick it's moving so i wrote my notes up for last week and obviously we unfortunately but sorry again guys we couldn't make last week and i looked at them this week thinking well that's okay i'll bring them in this week and most of them are, re- are irrelevant most of them are stuff that you either you now you can't find those articles anymore. You can't find those features. You can't find bits, and it's literally like we're constantly striving to um to to chase it up. Um, probably last couple of minutes, guys. Um, I'll just go around the group really. Like, Nate, what's um, what's your closing thoughts or statements on everything? Um, as I said, I think holding hope above fear. Um and just trying to keep our heads on straight and have time for ourselves, have time for each other and not buying into it, not buying into the fear. And just a quick plug in, I'll, I'll plug in the other references next week, but um, there's a video you can find on YouTube. It's called planned Opolis and three other scenarios, agenda 2030 by the world economic forum. 
watch that video and I'll make you cringe. It came out years ago, but it's all about what we've been talking about. Mm. Planned and what's it? So I want to check it out. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Okay. Chris? Yeah, obviously it's a, it's a, a lot to, to take in every day. Um, when, you, when you're just watching the news, uh, well, I don't even watch the news, but when you're hearing and the reaction of people, I, I mean, I know um, people that are close that watch the news all the time and, and you just hear how they, you know, how they, um, what their reactions are and, uh, you know, how scared they are. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, a madness. And one of the things, I um, didn't really get to touch on it too much, but obviously what happened in America, um, a blatant false flag um, event. Yeah. Um, yeah, on a massive scale. And um, I think, as we touched on earlier, if people think that the Democrats and the Republicans are two different parties, I mean, that false flag event should have woken you up to, to realize that they are two wings of, from the same bird. Um, yeah, bones. Yeah. Hundred percent of skull and bones, and that that that's a, there's a lot in that in itself. Just saying that, um, but yeah, no. I, for me, I think I'm I'm at that point where I'm tired of trying to wake anyone up now. And yeah. if you didn't wake up in 2020, which is a, a massive year to have woken up and, and actually see where where all the all the crap is happening and, and everything that they're feeding. And telling you what to think, not how to think. If you didn't wake up in 2020, then you definitely ain't going to wake up in 2021. You're going to be comfortable in 2021. And um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm not here to wake anybody else up. I'm here yeah. to I'm here to gain knowledge, more wisdom, and um, and understand exactly what's going on. So those who want listen. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I spoke so much tonight. I don't know what my <laughs> my closing. Oh, actually, I, yeah. So here's my closing sentiment. So um, I mentioned earlier in, in the week, just to my guys, that and as I said tonight, there are rituals and there are um, things being pushed on us at all times, and you have to be pro- proactive and 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 take the time. To make things happen. So Nathan grows his own food. I paint. We've all got our little things that we do. But instead of just doing it as a, as a chore or doing it because you have to do it as part of a process. So whatever it is you do, if you're a musician, if you're, well, it can be anything at all. If you're a gamer, if you watch films, make a ritual of it. Make it so that you acknowledge that you are dedicating time to it. Um, and, and sit down and make a space where this doesn't have to exist or the noise of it is somewhat drowned out um, because they are being constantly proactive to get to you. So be proactive in pushing back against them and just give yourself a sanctuary against it because it will do absolutely the world of good for your mental health and that's got to be the most important thing. Um as I said, life has been hard and it's getting harder um, for, for all of us and you guys at home. Um, and we've had to kind of roll with the punches a bit. Um, but they're stepping up their game and we will step up our game here uh, for you listening and for our research as well. 
to combat that right up until the point where um, they deem us worthy of a, a good old-fashioned blacklisting or censorship. Um, we're probably one of the only um, only podcasts or only real public speaking um, and, and accessible kind of smaller scale publications right now that are not scared to talk about a lot of the stuff that's happening. And this is going to ramp up, ramp up, ramp up. And I said, the time when we say enough that they take us off the air and wipe us out, um, hopefully not not literally, the time they take us down and try and blacklist us is when I know that we've dug in deep enough and we thoroughly appreciate you all sticking by, um, following with us and just continuing to listen. But um, that's all from us for this week. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. Um, it's generally a pleasure to be able to fight against this and for you to tune in and listen to it and we appreciate each and every one of you um so look after yourselves um take care of yourselves i'm not saying stay safe um it's, it's not happening watch out for spib and um I we about to say resist spib resist spib when we look forward to speaking with you guys next week take care take care see you later